The Tennessee Titans are coming to town. We're going to get you ready with everything you need to know before the game on today's episode of The Wandering Buffalo. You're now listening to The Wandering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Godwin. Bills Mafia. Welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show on the Buffalo Fan Base Podcast Network. My name is Justin. I will be your host tonight. And we're going to get ready for the Tennessee Titans versus Buffalo Bills football game coming up. Um, it's going to be on Monday night at 7.15. Um, very weird of the NFL and not very Bills related, but having overlapping Monday night football games just seems kind of silly to me. But I will say I'm at least glad that we have the earlier of the two time slots because I am an old man who really values his sleep. Um, So it's looking like the weather on Monday night, um, currently calling for 80% chance of rain with scattered thunderstorms. Um, I saw somebody put out a tweet um, that they put it into golf terms that it was like, you know, if it... If you were told it was going to rain on your first two holes and the the rest of the 18 would look clear, you'd still go play golf, right? Uh, and and that's what they said, expect the weather to look like. Um, so that'd be perfectly fine by me. Um, what I'm really hoping for here is is not having any weather delays. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm an old man who likes to get to bed. So these, uh, these primetime late night games are... Already, already pushing it. So if we throw in an hour weather delay, I'm going to be struggling by the end of it. Um, <clears throat> really hoping overall that the weather kind of does hold out. Um, I do think that one of the advantages that the Titans could have in this game is, you know, if it is raining and it becomes kind of a ground and pound ball control game, uh, I think the advantage does go to them in that department. Well, we'll kind of get into why I feel that way um, throughout the episode. Uh, So I wanted to start out with the injury reports for um, this Monday night game. And we'll start with the the Titans, rather, and kind of their big names that are out this game. Um, Starting cornerback, Christian Fulton is out. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, um, the second running back for the Titans, is also out. And then the other key injury here, Wide receiver Kyle Phillips is questionable. Um, so Kyle Phillips last week against the Giants led the team in yards receiving. Um, he had six catches for 66 yards. Um, so obviously, you know, it's kind of early in the season. I wouldn't really consider him, you know, like their number one option. Um, but he did have an impact early in the season. Um, so automatically, you know, looking at having to replace that production, um, with what I feel isn't, you know, really the strongest receiving core in the league. Um, Christian Fulton might be the, the biggest injury for them on this list. Um, going against, you know, a team that loves to throw the balls, um, Josh Allen, the receiving core that we have, how deep we go at receiver. Um, and not that they're necessarily thin at cornerback, but kind of a similar situation to the bills. They have, some young guys back there, um, and going against a dude like Josh Allen, who's 
you know, torching one of the best in the game last week in Jalen Ramsey. Um, really tough assignment for them if they have to, you know, be going into this depth. And then Dontrell Hilliard, I feel like this is kind of an uh, an underrated injury for the impact that it'll have on their team. You know, you're looking at it being RB2 on a team that has Derrick Henry. Um, but we've seen a lot of contributions from Dontrell Hilliard. And in particular, last week uh, against the Giants, he had, you know, limited limited uh, production running the ball. I believe it was four carries for eight yards. Um, but he, did, he does come in as, like, kind of the change of pace back. And he has has the juice to be effective in the ground game. Um, but where I really look to him to be helping this Titans team is out of the backfield catching the ball. He added three catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns against the Giants. Um, so obviously, you know, a player that can kind of switch up what they're doing a little bit and throw you a little curveball, um, not going to be out there for them. On the Bills side of the ball, um, some concerning names here, um, some that were kind of surprises to us and others that we, we knew about. Um, so we have Dane Jackson listed as questionable with a knee. Ed Oliver is out with his ankle injury. Um, Tim Settle listed as doubtful with a calf injury. And then a late addition to the injury report was Gabe Davis, um, questionable with an ankle. Um, so I'm going to start out with Ed Oliver. I find his his pretty easy designation of out to be a little confusing, maybe a little concerning. Um, the way the way that it was kind of projected last week during the game was, you know, he was out. He could come back in if he needed to, um, but with the game kind of going the way it was, you know, it, it seemed like we weren't taking any extra chances with him. We were just going to, you know, give him some some time to rest up for the rest of the game, get right for the next week. Um, and then at the end of the game, we see him in a walking boot and obviously fast forward to now and, and he's listed as out. So maybe there's something more serious going on that we don't really know about yet. Maybe this is just kind of, and I'll talk about this a lot throughout the season, um, the way this coaching staff kind of handles injuries of not only protecting players for for the players themselves, but also looking at like the bigger scope of the season of, hey, Ed, we're expecting big things from you this year. Like it, it's week two, man. If this is that we don't want this to be something that's going to be on again, off again throughout the season, hamper you down the line. So if it takes that extra week right now, we're, we're going to go ahead and set you down. So I think that's a good thing to have in a coaching staff as much as I want to see my dudes out there. Um, these players are super competitive and, and they want to be out there with their team. So kind of forcing them to take a step back in some cases, um, I, th- I think is, is good for them. Um, which kind of will bring me into Tim Settle, um, who's listed as doubtful. Uh, now I watched an interview with Tim Settle where he basically said, you know, I'm ready to go out there. You know, if the team wants me to sit out, I'm out. Uh, if they call my number, I'm ready to go in and make an impact. And the the designation of doubtful versus questionable there uh, makes me feel like he's more apt not to play. 
Um, which is interesting when he's saying like, yeah, I'm ready to go. He's juiced up. And I, I think this is, again, kind of the example of, you know, he, he might be feeling like he's ready to go, but between the medical staff and the coaching staff, they're like, eh, we don't know, Tim. It's it's a long season. Let's make sure you're right before you get back out there. Um, Dane Jackson also saw in an interview, he, he said that he, you know, came, came down weird on his knee um, on, on, a, on a defensive snap. Um, no tears, no rips, nothing like that. And he said it was kind of more precautionary that he was sitting out. And he said, oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, I'll be out there. Um, if for whatever reason he wasn't able to go, um, we obviously have this, this young depth, much like I just talked about on the Titans side of the ball. Um, we have Christian Benford and Kyer Elam and both of them in the action that they had last week looked pretty damn good to me. Um, so I, I don't think there's going to be this huge drop off if Dane Jackson isn't able to go and that's who we have out there. Um, but in the same token, you know, with Trey White already out until further notice, you know, kind of, we have the depth there in the secondary. Not, we too isn't the time of the year that I want to start testing that depth. And, you know, God forbid one of the other two go down and Dane Jackson has something that's more serious. Well, whatever the case may be, um, we kind of already went into this season riding a little bit thin with, Trey being in the air and and relying on these young guys that it's going to get sketchy if we have to go past you know another one two guys and then last but not least Gabe Davis pops up on the injury report with an ankle and I guess I don't know exactly how I feel about this I feel like part of this coaching staff and the medical staff I feel like they they do like to play with the injury report a little bit like we've seen from uh, Belichick for so many years of like adding players with, you know, minor things and, you know, letting the other team try to figure out what exactly they're going to have to game plan for. Um, My gut feeling is telling me that Gabe Davis is going to be out there. I feel like even if he, you know, is a little nicked up, he's the type of player that's going to want to play through it. Um, Kind of like, one of the tough guy receivers, you know, he's not going to let things slow him down like that. Um, my my pause on that is, in fact, you know, how, how cautious this team is with injuries. And if he's not, you know, pretty damn close to 100%, they, they may tell him to shut it down for the week. Um, I love Gabe Davis. I, I want him to be out there. I don't want him to miss any games. I love what he brings to this team. Um He's got that physicality, that the blocker, the dog mentality and a receiver. And I love him as a compliment to to Stefan Diggs on the other side. My my prediction here is that Gabe Davis does suit up um and and kind of start the game, but that we also see Khalil Shakir get his his first active game. Um, whether it's, you know, one of the running backs going inactive, um one of these um, defensive linemen that are a little banged up going inactive. I think we see Khalil Shakir suit up, and if it's the type of game with the Titans where it's kind of a, a dogfight and we just really need every guy out there, 
you know, maybe we see Davis play the whole game. Um, but if it's a game where we, we can get out in front a little bit, get a little bit lead, um, maybe it's time to, you know, give Shakir an opportunity and kind of see what he's able to do within this offense. Um, make sure we're getting Gabe Davis right and healthy. Um, so we're not playing with injuries throughout the season. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I'm going to kind of talk about some of the key players on the Titans offense and defense, and then I'll wrap it up with what I have as my keys to coming away from this game with a victory over the Titans. Stick around. Hey, this is Bill's Vader. Now back to the show. Welcome back in, and thank you again for joining me on this week's episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. If you've made it this far and you haven't done so already, um, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Um, we have episodes coming out every Monday. Um, with these, with how many primetime games uh, we have this season, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this on Monday, it, it kind of works out as a game preview. Um, but we also want to be able to recap the game. Um, so there may be some more additional content coming out. We're kind of figuring out the logistics of that and when we could make it happen. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, we don't want to miss any reactions to any of these Buffalo Bills wins because there's going to be a lot of them. Um, so as I said before the break, we're going to get into it. We're going to kind of talk about the key pieces on both sides of the ball for the Titans. And honestly, the Titans were a team that two, three years ago, they were, you know, in the AFC championship game. You know, they were knocking on the door of the Super Bowl. And I feel like they're one of the teams that kind of put it all together. And that that was their pinnacle. That was as far as they were going with that team. And, you know, kind of tried to reload and do it again, had less results. And now they're kind of moving in the direction of having to rebuild a little bit. Um, still a very talented roster, um, but kind of compared to the teams that we were seeing a couple of years ago, I feel like they're they're getting in a position where they kind of are trying to reload, maybe rebuild a little bit here. And, and we'll get into some of the reasons why I'm feeling that way. Um, so at quarterback, we have Ryan Tannehill. And anybody out there who's a Bills fan, we, we know Ryan Tannehill, right? We've played him several times um, since he's joined the, the Titans. Uh, we saw him going all the way back to Miami. We know who Ryan Tannehill is. Um, he, he's a, I guess, average to pretty good quarterback in this league. He um, does have some athletic traits, so he, if you give him opportunities, he he can beat you with his legs. But you know, we're not talking, you know, a Lamar Jackson, a Josh Allen, um, just kind of a guy that can get it done um, if given the opportunity. You know, you may see some. RPO stuff in in the red zone um, where everybody's you know keyed in on Derrick Henry and Tannehill can pull off a little you know naked bootleg and and skirt into the end zone little 10 yard run Um, he's definitely had some success with the Titans Uh, I feel like a lot of that success came uh, a couple years ago when he had Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator Um, you had AJ Brown Janu Smith you know some of these pieces that I'm talking about kind of going away as they're kind of moving in this direction of having to retool. And obviously we see AJ Brown get tra- um, traded as a draft night trade. 
Um, they end up drafting Traylon Burks. Um, we saw John w. Smith head over to the Patriots last year. Arthur Smith took a head coaching job. And, you know, it's not to say Tannehill had, you know, a bad year last year. It just wasn't quite the same same success. Um, and to me, when you look at it through the lens of kind of the retooling, it makes sense to me that, you know, you ship A.J. Brown out. You know, despite how talented he was, you know, needing to get him a new monster contract and what those contracts are costing with receivers right now. Um, you draft a quarterback in Malik Willis, and you're kind of looking like you're turning that page towards the future. It kind of made sense to me to um, get some capital for A.J. Brown and use that as, I, I guess, his kind of replacement going forward. Um, all that being said, and kind of looking like they're getting ready to go in the new direction with Malik Willis either you know sometime later this year into next year, um, Week one and a loss to the Giants, Tannehill didn't have a bad game. I mean, he was 20 for 33, 266 yards, two touchdowns, uh, passer rating of 106. You know, that's that's really not bad for him and um, was clean with the ball. And, and that's kind of the game that we've come to expect from Tannehill. He'll give you, you know, kind of that baseline and it's kind of up to the pieces around him to kind of seal seal the victory um so we'll see what we get out of him this week um obviously drawing a tough assignment a against this bill's defense um that revamped front four um the biggest piece to this titans offense is the guy king henry back there and derrick henry is an absolute beast um you know just ton of highlight reel tape of making grown men professional athletes look silly and i know if any of you are like me every time i hear the name derrick henry i think of that josh or uh josh norman stiff arm where he just put norman into the stratosphere legend has it josh norman still hasn't come back down to earth after that i don't know i haven't seen him so maybe he's still floating around out there um but jokes aside he's kind of the the linchpin that makes this this offense tick and if Derrick Henry's having a big game it takes so much stress off of Tannehill off of these receivers um, really puts the pressure on the defense and you kind of got to sell out to stop him and it opens up other things um, with the rain in the forecast here um, depending on how that weather goes I could see this being a game where he gets a ton of work and maybe that partially plays to our advantage because, you know, you're able to anticipate that they're going to, you know, really feed him the ball. Um, but at the same time, you know, the more touches he gets in the game, the more he's able to wear down to defense, the more effect he's going to have. Um, so that's that's a player that they're really going to have to focus on containing. Um, with Dontre Hilliard, Dontrell Hilliard, excuse me, um, out of the lineup, it's going to be a little bit more focused on him. And while Henry does present, you know, a whole bag of problems to deal with, we have seen games in the past where, over the past couple of years, where the Bills defense did come in with, you know, a really good game plan and we're able to limit it, limit his effectiveness. And I think this is going to be kind of the first true test of this, you know, new look defensive line. Um, 
Daquan Jones up there, Tim Settle if we see him, Jordan Phillips, Von Miller, um, Greg Rousseau. They're all going to have to really do their jobs in containing Derrick Henry and also keeping those linebackers free um, to be able to plug gaps. Um, Derrick Henry is kind of a guy that will bounce it outside, but he's really kind of uh, make that cut down, get downhill and really use his physicality to, to get his yards. Um, so that's the biggest player for me to watch out for on their offense. And as we move into kind of their other skill positions here um, with wide receivers and tight ends, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, there's some names here, but it's not, I guess, the most awe-inspiring um, set of weapons in the league. Um, we have Kyle Phillips, who was the leading receiver last week. He's questionable. Um, Robert Woods, the rookie Traylon Burks, um, Nick Westbrook, Akini, not positive I'm saying that right, um, Cody Hollister, and then your tight ends are going to be Jeff Swaim and Austin Hooper. And Robert Woods is kind of the, I guess, I would put him as the highlight um, of this group for me. Um, Traylon Burks certainly has the potential to, you know, kind of break out and and be one of those dudes in the NFL. Um, not terrible for a rookie debut for a receiver. He did have um, 55 yards last week. Um, Robert Woods is a dude. Again, we know him from his time in Buffalo. He's a player that I absolutely loved and somebody that, like, as this offense has evolved, I always like to kind of picture uh, what Robert Woods would have looked like in this offense. I love his play style. Uh, he's not afraid to block. He's He's got the physicality to him. He's got, you know, the speed, the twitchiness. He's just kind of like an all-around receiver. Um, you know, I, I, see, I see shades of Robert Woods and Gabe Davis, and I think that's part of what I love about him so much. Um, and then some of these other guys... You know, they're, they're NFL players, they're talented, um, just not really game-breaking talents um, as, far, as far as my opinion goes. Um, so those top three in Kyle Phillips, Robert Woods, and Traylon Burks, if Kyle Phillips is out, I think your real challenge here is making sure you contain Robert Woods, and the rest of it will kind of fall into place from the passing game, and... Like I said, we, we are going to be testing testing the depth of these young cornerbacks um, if Dane Jackson isn't able to go. Um, but with Poyer and Hyde back there, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident that we shut down this group of receivers. And then kind of the same thing with the tight ends um, with Swaim and uh, Austin Hooper. They're both, they're both dudes that have had some success in the NFL, but we're not talking you know, game-breaking tight ends like uh, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, even a Knox. Um, they're they're kind of more reminiscent of the Buffalo Bills tight end past for me, <laughs> um, where you'll get some production out of them. You'll get some plays. Um, they can be effective um, blocking for the run game, um, but not somebody that's really striking fear into me offensively. Um, and then the offensive line, the only person I'm really going to mention here is uh, Taylor Luan. Um, he's been a great player for a long time. He's going to draw 
the assignment of Von Miller primarily. And honestly, I, I watched the, the Giants and Titans game twice, um, just kind of trying to key in on different positions and, and where I feel like the matchups might line up. And, you know, it's it was week one. It's early in the season. You know, some guys are still shaking off some rust and, and you know, getting used to the, the full contact game speed and everything like that. You know, didn't play a ton in the preseason. First real live action. Um, but there was quite a few situations last week where um Luan looked like he was kind of just getting beat looking a little lost which was surprising to me because I feel like he's you know been a very consistent player over his career um so I don't know if that was kind of like a one game blip or you know if he's getting towards towards the tail end of it but we're gonna figure it out real soon because he's going to have number 40 uh lined up (laughs) giving him trouble all game so something to keep an eye on there on the defensive side of the ball, um, they run a 3-4 defense. Um, so you got the big guys up front. Um, the big name in that front three for me is Jeffrey Simmons. Um, we've seen a ton from him. We've seen him, you know, wreck games. We've seen him, you know, really, really hurt teams. And he's the type of player that has impacts all throughout the game. And we see last week against the Giants, you know, Right off the rip, he has um, six tackles for the team, um, two sacks, and a forced fumble. Um, so this is a guy that's given us trouble in the past, and he's going to be somebody that we have to key in on to make sure he's not having you know, that impact up front. Uh, in the linebacking core, um, two guys I want to talk about here. Um, Zach, Zach Cunningham plays one of the inside linebacker slots. I feel like he's been a very good linebacker in his career that's just kind of been overlooked um, playing with the Houston Texans for most of his career and, you know, consistently like leading that team in tackles and consistently doing his job, but just having an entire dumpster fire going on around him and seeing him move into a team like the Titans. Um, I feel like he's really been able to expand on his role and play well. Um, now, I do personally feel like the Titans are kind of moving in that backwards direction. So maybe this is just something that he's going to see throughout his career that, you know, he, he comes to a, a team that looks like they're on the ascent and then they decline real quick. But he's a guy I'm keeping my eye on. I think he's a, a very productive linebacker. And then at one of the outside linebackers, we have uh, Bud Dupree. Um, saw him back in Pittsburgh and between the 2019 and 2020 season, um, combined years, he almost had 20 sacks. Um, it was a 11 and a half in 2019 and then eight sacks in 2020. Um, obviously had his injury. I believe it was an ACL and was kind of up for a contract at the same time, ends up with the Titans and, he had a pretty pedestrian year last year. Um, he only notched three sacks. Um, but again, coming off of you know a serious injury and going to a different team and kind of getting getting your legs back under you, literally and metaphorically, um, that's a tough hill to climb. So um, somebody that I'm keeping my eye on, if he's able to kind of recapture where he was at his tail end of his career with, with Pittsburgh, um, 
definitely somebody that can have a huge impact on this game. Uh, in the secondary, we kind of already touched on it a little bit um, with some of these young cornerbacks. Um, Christian Fulton is going to be out. Um, so that means we're probably going to see a lot of these young guys in um, Roger McCreary and Caleb Farley. Um, now, I, I won't get it twisted here. These are two players that I loved coming out of the draft. Um, in this most recent draft, Roger McCreary is a guy that I kind of had slotted going to the Bills if you know we didn't go with a cornerback in the first round, whether it was Kyer Elam or somebody else. Um, if it was something where, you know, they decided to, you know, invest in one of the skill positions and double down on offense and look to fill the cornerback spot later in the draft, um, McCreary was somebody that I was really interested in. Um, that being said, um, you have Farley in his second year and McCreary's going to be in his second NFL game. And all the talent that these dudes might have and what their NFL career might look like. Um, all that aside, you know, being these young dudes, especially McCreary in a second game and coming in against dudes like Diggs, Davis, um, the speed of McKenzie, um, the craftiness of Crowder, maybe we see Shakir. That's just a ton of weapons to have to, to focus on. And, oh, yeah, uh, the guy throwing him the ball is Josh Allen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right, this, this is, for my money, one of the the toughest assignments that you can come into um, as a young cornerback and really go out there and hold your own. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, again, obviously weather might be playing a little bit of, fact of a factor here, um, but if we can get some, you know, clear skies, I think we might end up seeing, you know, pretty huge days for, for both the receiving core and Josh Allen. Um, the bright side for them is on the back end, um, their, their pair of safeties is, about as solid as it comes, I think they're both very good players in Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard. And Kevin Byard in particular is a player that I absolutely love at safety. Um, he's a ball hawk back there. A type of player that's not afraid to get dirty, get involved with the run game, um, come up and thump you. And, you know, being able to add the interceptions that he gets on top of that. Um, so definitely a player to keep an eye on in on the back end of that defense. And like I said, both both players, you know, very good safeties to kind of have um, as, as a safety net for these young cornerbacks. Um, but again, with, with all the weapons that we can throw out there in the passing game, it, it's a tough assignment for them. Um, so looking for a big day in the passing game, hopefully weather provided. Um, so my keys to this game, um, to come away with a Bills W, um, the number one and most important key to me is limiting Derrick Henry. Um, like I said earlier, he's he's the type of guy that can really open up your defense. Um, he'll punch you in the mouth, and it'll it can set up, you know, play action. It can set up these receivers to have um, linebackers and secondary kind of peeking into the backfield, seeing if they have to come up and run support. Um, all of a sudden, you kept your eyes in the backfield for too long, and you're getting burned on on a play-action pass. Um, so Derrick Henry being contained, um, that's my number one key. Let's keep him under, like, 80 yards, and I think you're in very good shape. Um, easier said than done, but 
I'm having some faith in this new look defensive line to to really help get the job done there. My number two key here is kind of going back to last week for the Bills, and that is don't shoot yourself in the foot. Um, we saw a very it was it was a weird dichotomous game for me where we saw like this absolutely masterful um, executed offense mixed in with just some really sloppy. Um, issues with ball control, ball security. Um, obviously, we end up getting uh, four turnovers in the game. Defense gives us three back. Um, there's not a ton of games where, as good as your defense is, they're able to you know, give you three back like that. Um, there's not a ton of games where you're able to give up four possessions and still come away with a win. Um now, I do think the Rams are a better opponent than the Titans, don't get me wrong. But, you know, that being said, you know, we see this stat that the Bills haven't punted. I think it's in their last three games. Well, I kind of count the turnovers as punts, like, and it's great that we haven't had to punt. Um, but, you know, giving the ball to the other team four different times, taking away four opportunities um, to put the ball in the end zone, uh, it's a tough tough hill to overcome in, in most games. And then I, I kind of look at, you know, how well the offense was moving the ball last week and how we're still able to come away with a three-score win um, despite the turnovers. Um, I guess I, I kind of prefer, you know, if we're able to get those points and maybe we get towards the tail end of the game and we can sit a couple guys down and, and, really enjoy like the second half of the fourth quarter as you kind of coast to a victory versus, you know, into later third quarter there, that game wasn't, you know, out of hand. And with how well our offense was moving the ball, that game should have been wrapped up, you know, pretty much by halftime. Um, so don't shoot yourself in the foot. Make sure we're fo- focused on um, ball security, protecting the ball. And then, my third key is going to be testing this young secondary. Um, we talked about the injury to Christian Fulton. Um, the young guys they have at cornerback lined up against the dudes that we have at receiver. Um, to me, I, I'm very interested in seeing you know the balance in the run-pass game, um, in particular with how effective Singletary was able to be on limited touches last week. Um, but this is kind of the game where I don't want to see Josh Allen running it 15 times, 10 times. Um, This to me feels like a game where he can kind of sit back there, give him some protection and, and let him make the plays with his arms. Um, Really limit the amount of hits that he has to take in a game where your receivers should, should be able to win their matchups pretty consistently. Um, And then complement that with the running game but through the running backs and and not from, you know, QB1, MVP of the future, um, Josh Allen. And then just kind of my, my bonus on things that I'd like to see here. Um, mentioned it earlier, I'd like to see Khalil Shakir active for this game. And even if he has a very small role, um, I would like him to be there. And I guess this will all depend on um, Gabe Davis's health status um but if davis is able to go i would still like to see um shakir active and 
kind of if, if we are able to get out to you know that little bit of a comfortable lead be able to sprinkle him in and start seeing what we have in that player um if for nothing else other than to you know have him as the fourth fifth receiver that maybe only sees a couple snaps but still allows Gabe Davis to kind of take the second half off and and not try to do too much while he's getting right from an injury and then the last thing I want to see is um, some James Cook action Um, we talked about this on last week's show of um, you know the fumble that he had and how McDermott you know is very serious about his ball security and you know especially for a young guy if if you're if you lose the ball on a fumble you know McDermott won't hesitate to sit you down um but this is something where I'd like to see you know kind of a quick bounce back a a quick you know vote of confidence in his direction that like last week was last week um we're going to get you in there and I would like to see him get you know in the range of like 5 to 10 carries maybe like three, four targets in the passing game, not any sort of like crazy significant, you know, offensive role, maybe like a total of six touches. Um, but just give him the opportunity to kind of get back in there, um, make up for, you know, that mistake he had and, and not let this fester too long, um, and kind of start shaking his confidence. I want to see him get back in there and, and get his touches and really see what he's able to do, um, within this offense. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's show. Um, thank you for joining me for this game preview. Um, at the time of this recording, we got about 20, I don't know, I'm bad at math, about one day until <laughs> until kickoff. So um, when you're listening to this, hopefully you're getting prepped up and uh, all ready to go for this game. Um, like I said, my name is Justin. I was your host tonight. If you want to find me on any social medias, you can find me at jgods22. Um, go ahead and drop a comment of any predictions you have for this game, um, anything you'd like to see, how you think anything's going to play out. Um, that's going to do it tonight. Go Bills! Go Bills!